Welcome, everyone, to episode five of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I am Brian Goulet. And I'm Drew Brown. And we're here from Goulet Pens to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we're going to be giving some feedback yes. or receiving some feedback, I guess. Uh, we got a bunch of Q&A questions from you all, and we got one of Drew's hypotheticals, as well as a game where we're going to eat weird candy. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> we yes. know We know how much Drew loves that. Mm. Uh, and you might also notice that we are in person <gasps> because things are changing in the world. Um, Drew and I are both fully vaccinated, thank goodness. Um, and Virginia, the state of Virginia, is in transition. We're relaxing a bit, not relaxing. all the way. Yeah. We, we have, you know, maybe reclined a bit, but we're not full, like, beach mode quite yet. Yeah, there you go. We have yeah. the feet up, but we're not, like, leaning back, reclining, yeah. you know? We're, we're, we're as far back as, like, you can go electrically with your car before you, like, hit the, you, you pull the actual lever and go, like, you know, fully commit. Is this, like, the seat of the car yes. that you're talking about? Like a yes. hybrid electric yes manual seat moving on okay uh, that's cool i just like to know where your head's at <laughs> i don't know what i'm saying uh yes indeed but anyway we are here in the office we're still keeping a little bit of distance from each other but we get to see each other's face and feed off each other's energy and we don't have to listen to each other through headphones <sighs> that are going to get like cut off yeah we or deal bad with internet s- connections because yeah. my kids are streaming videos yeah. all afternoon because <laughs> that happens a lot anyway let's start out with some feedback shall we drew we shall Drew, you pulled all this feedback, so I'm going to let you basically say all of it. I did. All right. So this one's not (laughs) feedback specifically related related to the pen cast from last week, but Mm. you did publish a video, which was a um, slice that you recorded a while ago um, about do you need to break in a fountain pen, which Mm. I thought was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And the gist of it was not necessarily more or less you need to adapt to the pen yourself, but there were a lot of comments about the pretty much saying like, no, no, I definitely need to break in this pen. Some... Folks even said, like, no, my ink started off bad, but then it got good. So, I don't know, man. Maybe there is such a thing as breaking in a pen. I don't know. It, it, was, it was met with some contention. Well, you know what? That's what I like about the pen community. Everybody has different experiences. Yeah. I think, you know, my whole, my whole thought behind the video was that the notion is, like, we as the writers, we write a perfect specific way, and the pen has to, like, get used to us. That's what I was trying to like bump up against a little gotcha. bit. I definitely agree. There are some pens that will benefit from, you know, regular use, especially at the beginning, you know, cause there's like machining oils and stuff in yeah. there that need to work its way through the pen. For sure. That wasn't necessarily like where I was going at with the whole breaking in thing. Yeah. The breaking in thing was, was more like, no, like your pen is like the nib is metal and you are like flesh. <laughs> so your flesh is going to adapt a lot easier than the metal. Yes. That's that's what I was going after. But I think there's a lot of great points in it. That's a great good, way. Good it. engagement. And it was footage that we had from like two years ago yes. that we didn't have to shoot and we got to reuse yeah, and some reshare. Folks were like, so, oh, yeah, Brian's good. back. I'm like, yeah. Uh, well, he, he, we are now kind of pretty much. Anyway. What it was is we sliced out those videos from Q&As like two plus years ago yeah. and we found a batch of like a dozen of them that we never actually published. So we're like, oh, okay, let's get these Put up them there. up there. Anyway. Um, Alex Taplin said that, uh, and you need to believe this because you said you were going to believe it if someone le- legitimately said it. Okay. Alex Taplin said that he is a woodworker and that he does, in fact, appreciate your burl interest. Well, there you go. And he sa- it sounded honest to me. Thank you, Alex. 
There you go. I know. I know. I'm not alone. There we go. There's at least one of them out there. <laughs> That's fantastic. And you also talked about in your Franken Pen segment that you mm. would do a custom grind on your theoretical Namiki Emperor. Yeah. Uh, our friend Alan Shutko actually mentioned in uh, the comments that he actually had an Emperor custom ground by uh, Richard Bender. So well, it's Alan, been done. That's not crazy. Alan, you have great taste. So I have no doubt that if anybody was going to have my dream nib grind, that it would be you. So yep. that makes yep. me very happy. Yeah, we got a Curse of Italic. That's pretty awesome. And then there were uh, some more folks on YouTube who said that time duration of this pencast doesn't matter to them at all <laughs> um and you know what i liked about that they also said that they sometimes listen to us while they're doing chores or doing crafting or something like that I so would, i would hope they're doing something more productive yes than just like well, sitting there like wow yeah hanging don't, on every don't actually word. look at us no Jeez. way but i take that as you know we are in some way assisting with productivity Oh. Yeah. So, oh, like, yeah. if you're listening while you're cutting the grass, I feel like I'm helping you cut the grass. Hey, I and like that's that. more grass than I, I like cut that. at my house. So that makes me. What do you mean? You don't cut your grass? No. You got like, a, like, just let it go feral. No, you got like I a pay. Wilderness I in pay. your yard. I pay forty-five dollars every two weeks, and this is the best money I have ever spent. Forty-five dollars every two weeks. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. No. I got, a bigger, I got a bigger yard than you. That's though. true. That's I had true. gotten a quote on, it and it was like two hundred twenty-five dollars yeah, per no. mowing, and I was like. No. No. I would pay a thousand because I hate, hate cutting my grass. I wouldn't be able to afford it. We wouldn't eat anything, but I wouldn't have to cut the grass. Wow. See, I enjoy cutting the I, grass. I like doing fun yard work, like planting some, you know, I like uh, trimming the uh, hedges. That's fun. See, I Cutting hate that. the grass. No, I hate that. I despise. I love cutting the grass. You know why? Because most of the time, you know, Drew, you've been in management, you've been in leadership. Most of the times you're planting seeds, you know, and, and you don't, ha you can't say like, I spent 30 minutes in this meeting and I directly have a result. You know, it, you don't always tangibly see the fruits of your labor immediately. But when I mow the lawn, I mow the lawn and I look back and I'm like, that grass is shorter now. And I mow the whole yard and I'm That's like, true. doesn't this yard look great? You know, I just spent 45 minutes and now this yard is mowed. Alexander, satisfaction Alexander Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda said, legacy is planting seeds in a garden you don't get to see. Well, okay, Drew. Yeah, so much for your legacy, Brian Goulet. Okay, well, anyway, step off your high horse over here. Jeez. <laughs> there's also a lot of love for brown pens and brown ink in last week's episode. Uh, I also got someone mentioned the Cappuccino Edison Premier, which may be like the longest running uh, longest selling premiere that we've had, right? Because that oh, was is, that yeah. was G one. It was one of the. Or it's it's the longest running exclusive pen that we've had. Brown. That premiere was the first exclusive. There were three colors. There was a brown, a blue, and a black. Rachel chose the brown. I chose the blue. Brian Gray chose the black. Black went out first. Blue went but out. But brown next. still around. Brown is still hanging in there. Cappuccino just. That's right. Keeps going strong. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you have. Yes. Your, you know, my people are solidarity out there. there in yes, your brown. My people are out there. Brown pen and ink fans. All right. You want to talk about stuff. some new stuff? I think we should. New stuff. New stuff. All right. We have the Coeco All Sport or Caveco, if you like. Because it's that Caveco. Um, All Sport Vibrant Violet. It comes in a variety of packaging, if I remember correctly, because we got all kinds of mixed up things. But anyway, this one's in a tin, the one that's on my desk. Um, really nice looking violet pen. This is uh, the All Sport, so it's aluminum. It's got a little bit of a matte finish to it, mm -hmm. I would say. Slight bit of texture to it. Gold trim, which the trim is literally just like the little medallion yeah. in the top and the nib. There's nothing else. You could put a clip on it, though, theoretically, that's if right. you wanted to. Um, you know, tiny little nib, 
available in extra fine, fine, medium, and broad stainless steel nib, $90 for the pen, which is more than your average, you know, classic sport or ice sport or whatever other plastic sport that you may have. But the weight of this is really nice. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, actually, Drew, the Kaweco classic sport, the clear one, was one of the first pens that I ever bought. So, really? Yeah. Right up there with that uh, Pelican script. Huh? It was in that same batch. I ordered really? six pens as my first order. Yeah, it was like that, Alami Joy, a Vista, you know, just tried to get a variety of different pens. And, mm-hmm. and I got the classic sport because I heard it was eyedropper convertible. Now, this one's not no. because it's metal, but, you know, the format yeah. still holds up. So, you know, speaking of metal, uh, I don't know if it was like on a Q&A I was answering for our website, which, by the way, we have reviews and Q&A. So if you want to ask a question on a product, mm-hmm. you can do that. I, someone asked if the clip that you could slide onto the all sports ever scratches the metal. And I said no, because I've never seen that happen. Have you? I mean, I have not seen it, but I could see theoretically where that would happen. As, I mean, I guess if you take it off and put it on a lot, but generally yeah. if you're putting one on, you put it on and you're pretty done. And it's not like really sharp metal, the clip. No, you know? it's, it's so very it's like rounded. It's very smooth. So yeah. like, theoretically, yes, it can I think happen. it's safe, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a purple metal. Like it's coated, you know, right. it's like an anodized, I believe it's anodized. I don't 100% know, um, but it's a pretty durable coating so like theoretically if you throw it in your pocket with your keys and stuff okay it could scratch it would right, the, clip the clip do it though yeah. i haven't heard of it no, happening. i think it's fine i just want to throw that out there in case you had any other if you opinions. have heard of it happening please let us know because then we cannot say that we've never heard of it happening because then you'll have told us that's true but as of this moment right now we haven't we heard, have heard not of it, heard of it. Oh, yep. okay. okay next thing i got sailor compass this is not a new pen no but the price is new hey which is why we're talking about it so this tell us is about the, the price uh, well, it's dropping $30. <gasps> Comes with a converter, solid pen. This is, you know, the basically the entry lever, le- level sailor pen. Um, they don't have anything else close to this price. Mm-hmm. Uh, medium nib only, stainless steel. It writes well. It's a totally different nib than all of their other pens. But I think it's a pretty decent introduction. It's got a clear feed, which is really cool. It is really cool. Yeah. And, a, you know, de- tinted demonstrator pens. There's a bunch of different colors. This is the, the green one, which is actually the most popular one. And then the converters match. The converter does match for the most part. I mean, this well, one's yeah. like a it's not lime green. But it's green. Olive. It's we definitely give them credit. Yeah, it, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, comes in a nice presentation with like a clear thing. Over the, so it's like crazy gift kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, very solid pen. I think, you know, they're really wanting to put a lot of like oomph behind it, get this pen in more people's hands. Uh, in the U.S. at least, and so they uh, they drop the price on it. So That's always good to hear. You'll see that at uh, uh, us as well as other retailers. So yeah, kind of cool. Very nice. Uh, what you got? That I've been playing with, and I did a video on this. Mm. Was the Visconti Opera Demo? Mm-hmm. So this is a regular Opera, not the Opera Master, the smaller version. Look at that pillow! I know. I brought I it the with pillow. the box because you get to see the pillow. <laughs> I'm not going to put my face on Don't there. Put your this face could on. be your That's pen. That's gross, Drew. I didn't do it, Brian. You break it, you bought it. All right. You put your face on it, you bought it. All right. Um, this is the mint version. Um keep wanting to call it mint majesty i feel like that's a that's a starbucks tea or something like that <laughs> that does sound like a tea. Like, there's always like moments where you go and get starbucks for the team and they make you order something embarrassing mm. and like that that that's feel it, that's, i'm getting i don't I'm get getting, embarrassed ordering drinks oh because people have bougie orders you know that but you're just ordering someone's like, like oh can i get steamed lemon mist with fluffy extra something half half whipped half hot soy whatever <laughs> 
half-hot. I don't know. I don't know, man. There's weird stuff out there. <laughs> Let me get half-hot. We've all heard half that. Half-hot cream and half-cold We all cream. have that one person that orders the super bougie drink. All right. I guess You so. know who you are. But if it's a group order, you can just be like, yeah, I work with this No, that's the person, person. who should go get the Starbucks. It's the person with the bougiest order. Oh. That's, that's yes. You, hey. you bougie, you buy. That's the thing. <laughs> all right. Wow. All right. This is the mint. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going with I this? I don't know. What does bougie even mean? Uh, in, I know in context, like, like but it's bourgeoisie, like... Bourgeoisie? Bourgeoisie, is that what it is? I'm guessing. Like like hoity-toity? Like kind Hoit of, and toit, yes, Yeah, sir. is that what yes. it is? Toity-hoity. Okay. Anyway. I've heard the term used, but like, that's the kind of thing that you're never going to like ask and be like, yeah, I don't know what bougie is. Because then you're like, yeah, I don't know what like fashionable words are. I don't know. I don't know. I just know I'm, I'm not so much. afraid my to face ask is that. getting hot, so... Tell me what bougie means. I could Google it, but I'm too lazy. I don't I always actually care that much. I I have no idea how I would sell, like, <laughs> my sister had a cat named Bijou uh, when she was in college. So that's oh. what I, that's kind of what I think of. But like Liz Lemon's um, yes. 1-900 number alias. 100%. Yeah. But she had this cat before that. <laughs> so I laughed hilariously. Yeah. When, yeah, Bijou. I'm Bijou. I forget what Bijou means. It means something. It's French for something. Right. I don't remember. Bijou that. and Bougie. Anyway, the Scanti Opera Demo. So... The most interesting most interesting thing about this is the material and the fact that they changed the piston rod. So these have all had, what are they? are usually titanium rods, right, Brian? I'm looking at Bijou. I didn't even hear what you said. <laughs> so this one has a clear acrylic rod, which is interesting because you think acrylic, you think less strong than metal. And it does have a little bit of bend, but it's honestly really solid. So I was happy with them. Um, I think it's a really good build. The... Uh, double reservoir power filler area like the second reservoir is actually where the hook safe lock stuff is are mm. it's got a new feed which is different mm -hmm. um and it actually comes out a lot easier oh that's nice i know right like yeah. you know how tough those used to be it yeah. says visconti on the side so there are some changes for the hmm. better some changes okay. for the same like the piston rod i think is equal to the old one it's different no better no worse yeah but it's, it's resilient it's sturdy Interesting. So, yeah, that was interesting. Bijou, um, bijou means jewel in French, by the way. Well, how about that? Just in case you're wondering. There I had to go. look it up. Don't say we never learned you nothing. Yeah. Um, it is a fingerprint magnet. So a lot of polished metal on how this How do you thing. feel about that? Do you feel like if a pen is a fingerprint magnet, is that like a deal breaker for you? No, it's not because you know what? I kind of love polishing things that are very easy to polish. Like I love taking our polishing cloth huh. and like... If, and it doesn't take a lot of, a lot of effort, but you right, get to make right. it like look real good. Interesting. So yeah, I kind of take. You I, enjoy the process of like polishing a pen. I do. See, I go the other way with it. I'm just like, well, this is gonna fingerprints all over it. I'm never gonna. I don't polish like the it. the process of polishing like uh, uh, bronze. That's a pain in the butt. Or like a patina. Like, yeah, no, no, no. That's not like messing a with that. Like restorative that, type of thing. That. No. Gonna patina Not and so much. be done with it. But if it's something easy, now, if I remember, quickly gratifying. If I remember correctly, Drew, in episode four, you did say that you wanted sterling trim. Yes, which, and I'm going to let it patina. Which it's going to have to tone. Yeah, absolutely. I'm fine so with that. So you wouldn't polish that then? No, no. If it's easy po to polish and I get okay. instant gratification, like just kind of removing oil fingerprints and stuff. Okay. I like that. Okay. Fair I'm enough. Fair enough. Um, also, we launched some new inks, Brian Goulet. We all, mm. we have multiples. The, yeah, we have the whole line of Diplomat inks, which are mm -hmm. really nice. Finally launched those. 
Those are really nice looking eggs. Especially for I did, I had, a pen branding. I'm not going to say I didn't have high hopes because that it's a pen that brand. makes it sound like knock yeah. against Diplomat. But typically with an ink brand, they go very conservative, you know, with the ink colors. Yeah. You know, unless they you're, want easy unless to you're clean. Sailor. Sailor's got some crazy ink. Sailor does. It, but their standard line is not that crazy. That's true. That's you true. Know? But they've Pi- gone. Pilot has a Roshizuku, uh, which are, you know, neater than normal. Yeah. But the Pilot standard line, which yeah. is not widely available in the U.S. because it's super boring, yeah. um, is... Again, super boring, like yeah. I said. But I think the, not the bad, just are really not nice. not crazy and exciting, yeah. like we would have in the U.S. Anyway. Yeah. And we also uh, completed our private reserve collection, which we've been rolling out in stages. Yeah. Um, and now it's officially back, all the way back. Yep. So if you were waiting on picking up your favorite when we first brought it back a little bit, we brought it back all the way. So yeah. everything should be there now. There are maybe some colors they had at one point that weren't like part of a standard line, yeah. maybe that we don't have. But I think all the standard stuff yeah. we've got now, and so it's, it's with cool. and it's with new owners now. So we very well could be seeing new new private reserve coming down the pipeline sometime that soon. I'm be, hopeful that would be kind of cool. I would be excited about yeah. that. Yeah, and that's it for new stuff. All right, good deal. This is good. We're gonna get a good pacing here, Drew. Mm. See when we shoot like this. We don't have the timer to like be staring at us in the face and be like, oh my gosh, it took no us 15 idea. minutes to get totally unaware of the reality. Feedback. All right. What we do have right now, though, is some Q&A. Q&A. And nice. Drew, I'm going to let you kick it off. I'm going to proverbially kick this off with a question from Mel underscore MC on Instagram. And she asks, any signs pens are getting more popular? Fountain mm. pens are getting more popular. Is it even possible to tell? Ooh. What do you think, Brian? Fountain pens like just in general? I guess, yeah, the hobby, the interest. And under what time frame? Like more popular in the last two weeks, in the last 12 years? I don't years? know. Lel, oh, L, Lel, Lel underscore Lel MC, MC is not here for me to ask. So we're I, going to suppose. I'm going to say if you're looking at a reasonable time frame, you know, five, 10 years or so. Yeah, let's do five, 10 years. You know, we only have perspective on maybe 11 or 12 years. Um, I would say, yes, they have gotten more popular. For the most part, um, the internet, the rise of social media, the ability for people to share more about it, educate themselves, educate others. We certainly have participated quite a bit in that. Um, you know, we did not exist a little over a decade ago, and now here we are. So I think we can speak to that at mm-hmm. least. Globally, though, I don't know, because I think it's kind of interesting when you think about countries like Japan and Germany and France, India, China, you know, places where fountain pens are a little more prolific. Um, They have like fountain pens in schools and things like that. When I talk to people that are living in those areas, they talk about it being a little bit on the decline, Mm. kind of like in the UK, you know, all all the kids had it in school and they like never use it once they get out of school for the most part. So it's like, I think there are different periods of decline in different countries. So in terms of globally, I don't know. I don't know if the enthusiasts that are getting into it are making up for the loss of like schools using them and teaching them to the younger generations. I would say maybe not, yeah. that at some point it'll settle out to where it's maybe not the go-to tool that's used in school because obviously digital and technology and with COVID life and, you know, my kids have been virtual for the entire last year. So they're not really pushing fountain pen use or really any pen use at all in school. So globally, that's probably going to be more the trend. And then you'll have enthusiasts that are going to find it. So I think it's more that it's shifting in general 
but it's hard to tell exactly. Do you think that maybe because it never went out of style in mm. some European countries that it wasn't, it hasn't been able to make a comeback? Maybe they need to follow the similar trajectory that we did, hmm. where it totally goes away and then comes back with a vengeance. Yeah, like maybe maybe it's not really going away and then coming back. Maybe in certain countries, like there's a lot of kids still using them, but then there's also the internet, so right. you can kind of just continue using it it's just the use shifts to a little bit more of a hobby as opposed yeah. to you know a tool and you, know. you know what i have seen and you've probably seen the same thing when we first mm. went to the dc show you've been going longer than i have but i've been going mm -hmm. for the last what the past seven years i think yeah um the demographic is much more varied than it used to be it has and gone, the tables are yeah. much more varied you know the more first diverse younger you know, wider variety of people, yeah. more international. First time mm -hmm. I went, a lot of vintage stuff oh, yeah, yeah. at the DC show. And mm -hmm. um, as I've continued to go, there's still a ton of vintage stuff. Yeah. But there's a lot more new, fresh, innovative stuff as yeah. well. Yeah. So I think that's attracted a wider variety of people. So Yeah, and I think that also speaks to, I think what you're seeing there is you're seeing probably just a greater trend of independent craftspeople, makers. Oh, yes. You know, because... I would again point Absolutely. to the internet, social media, when you eliminate all these barriers of things like marketing and development costs and, and you know, consumer reports type things, mm -hmm. you know, when you have accessibility and low barrier to entry and low cost for all these types of things, it allows individuals who have a great idea for a product to make that much more feasible. And, and they so, can market themselves on social can, media. They can market themselves, they can source their products easier, they can test market them, they can sell them on Instagram or eBay or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, with lower fees and stuff than if you, I mean, what did you do 20 years ago? You had it in a catalog or yeah. you consigned it through a brick and mortar store. And, you know, it was a lot more work to try to do that as an independent pen maker or whatever craftsperson. Um, so I think that has contributed to a rise of boutique products. But then larger, like much larger companies, you know, maybe aren't getting into the game as much. So you're seeing a lot more enthusiast driven, a lot more, you know, innovation, but on a smaller scale. Yeah, that's a good point. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Still fun, very interesting, very dynamic. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you mix all that together. I don't know if that means they're more popular, or less popular. I would just say it's evolving. I, I would say that if you feel like you've noticed it being more popular, you're probably not wrong. Yeah. And who really cares as long as cool stuff's coming out and as long as you're enjoying right. it? Who really cares if it's like globally a big thing? As long as you're getting what Unless you you're, want out of it. Maybe you're one of those people who wait. If this is popular, I don't want to like it anymore. I mean, is it still underground? Because if it's not, I'm going to find this other band that nobody knows about. That's right. <laughs> all right what you got is that bougie is that a bougie or is that a hipster <laughs> thing is hipster and bougie are those different things i don't know. or is it like a venn, sure diagram, a venn diagram yeah exactly that overlaps yeah i'm sure they overlap i feel like somewhere. the hipster thing is is like i don't like it anymore because it's popular like i liked i liked marvel before they made all these movies like freaking marvel's been popular like that's yeah. not a thing i don't know that's true I don't know who I'm even talking about right now <laughs> i don't talk to people that are have their nose in the air about like yeah. you marvel anyway Okay, let me dig myself out of this one. WB Kelly 24 asks, why doesn't ink leak out of the filler hole? Well, WB Kelly 24, uh, if you take a straw, fill it with water, and then plug the back end, doesn't leak out either, does it? Mm, no, it doesn't. Because physics. Now, however, say you have a pen like... <laughs> this is a bad example because my pen's filled with ink, so I can't actually do it. But if I have a pen and I am filling it, I'm changing the air pressure inside the pen. So it's filling it. If I was to reverse that, 
it would then come out of the filler hole because I'm reversing the air pressure. So yeah. if I was to, you know, do that same action, it would come out of the pen. Yeah. But like Drew said, when it's, when it's plugged up like that, it's, there's still a hole there, but it's, it's held in there with that equalizing of pressure. Yeah. You need to replace air with ink. And if that's not yeah. happening, the ink kind of stays where it should. I, I like the way that Richard Binnard has always said it. He says that a fountain pen is just a controlled leak. So that's basically all that's happening in your pen. There, there is a hole that's happening, but there's actually kind of, if you want to think about it, like there's two holes, there's the filler hole, and then there's the nib. So the feed with the slit and the channel that comes through. So the ink is going out that one. It's going through the filler hole. But when you're not actually filling the pen, you have air going through the filler hole. And the air is exchanging with the ink as it's flowing out. So it's not enough, you know, just gravity or pressure whatever you want to call it i don't i'm getting out of my depth on the physics side of things for the ink to just like leak out of the pen that's when you have air, improper air ink interchange so if your pen is leaking like that that's a problem and they they design and they engineer the filling mechanisms on these pens to have that proper balance of the air and the ink that interchanges out so that it stays in the pen when you're not writing with it, but then it flows out when you are writing with it. Mm -hmm. If you get that wrong, your pen's going to write too dry, it's going to write too wet, it's going to drip out of the pen or whatever. But if you get that right, then it should be you fill it perfectly fine. And then when you write with it, it flows out nicely. And when you aren't writing with it, it just stays in the pen. So that's why it's basically physics. And yeah, there we go. Yeah, if you want any more science, we're not the people to go to. Yep, and that's officially all I know. <laughs> all all right. right, Brian. Uh, Brad the Bear one on Instagram asks us, mm. what's the interest in ebonite feeds? What's up with that? Why do people want ebonite feeds? Doesn't it just sound cool? Is that bougie? Are ebonite feeds? I feel like that's a the bone theme. <laughs> I feel like bougie e needs e to be in the title of this e episode. Ebonite e is how I like to say it. <laughs> I feel like I was into ebonite feeds before they were cool. I... <laughs> Yeah. That actually was a thing. That was like the original thing. So ebonite is basically vulcanized rubber. It's hard rubber. Vulcanized um, is a cool word. I don't know if it's technically vulcanized. Okay. So that that's like fire. That's what you have for like car tires, which is also hard and rubber, but I think there's other stuff in there. Wait, does so vulcanized mean fire? What? Well, uh, Fulman. Fulminate means fire. Oh Vulcan. Gosh. I, I think are, I'm getting them confused. We are getting out of our depth here, my friend. I know vulcanized is what's used for car tires. But I think there's other chemicals in there that really are awesome. part of the Vulcan. Anyway, it's hard rubber. Vulcanizes when you take Treated a human rubber. and make their ears pointy and give them a nice widow's peak hairline. That's right. Can you do the uh, thing? Yeah, <laughs> I'm you hilarious. Can yeah, there you go. Not Sorry. everybody can do that so easily. Um, anyway, so ebonite feeds. So it, it's hard rubber. Why does that actually matter? It doesn't really like aesthetically. It kind of looks the same. It's black. You a know, more it looks matte like usually. a usually. Yeah, but who really cares? Let's be honest. It's like, you know. The, it's like a working part of the pen. Yeah. It's not really the most attractive part. No. Um, it's really in how it flows. So the because it's rubber, which is a natural material, it's what's known as a hygroscopic material. What does that mean, you say? So hygroscopic means that uh, water uh, flows through it. It like attracts water. Is that water, like hydrophobic? Uh, if it repelled water, it would be oh, hydrophobic. Oh, that's, that's the opposite. Yeah. yeah, phobic and scopic, I think. Boy, I really feel like we're getting... Right to the edge of what I'm we sorry, know I about. Most and we, of these questions, I think so we're crossing over into where we don't know. So I just wanted to make us sound stupid. The for comments are going to light up and be like, these fools yeah. think they know what they're talking about, but they really don't, which is kind of true. We do our very best. We do. Uh, but whatever the terminology is, the ebonite material, it basically assists 
in the ink flow process. So it, it assists in the capillary action um, and will uh, maybe retain a little bit of the ink in there. It just helps it to flow a little better than like a hard plastic will. Um, another benefit of it is you can heat it up and you can bend it. So you can bend it up to the feed. You can fit it a little, sorry, to the nib. It can fit it a little tighter. So you can do, you know, little, little, it's more like a, like a custom tailored suit as mm -hmm. opposed to buying off the rack. It has a memory. Will. It does. Yeah. So you can like heat it up. It'll cool down. It'll stay right where it is. And uh, you can technically do that with a plastic feed too, but you got to get the plastic hotter. If you deform the plastic, it ain't coming back. Right. Ebonite, if you, when you heat it again, it goes right back to its original state. Exactly. So there are, there's more you can do to like kind of tweak and customize yeah. uh, an ebonite feed. And if you see ebonite on a pen and that may reflect value, giving it a higher price point, mm -hmm. they are harder to manufacture as well. We've, we've seen that Absolutely. at Aurora Montegrappa when yeah, we visited. Yeah. There's a much, much wider error rate, much larger error rate with these pens. They chip. Absolutely. They are porous, so within the material, there are there's pitting and holes and stuff like that. And if you get oh, yeah. a pit in the wrong place, then you've got a fin that's totally out, and they need to toss it. So, you know, manufacturing ebonite feeds does take more. So yeah, that my, often can be reflected my, in price. My memory serves me correctly. Was it 30% defect rate or something like if that? If it's a number, it's not my brain. Okay. I Ever. believe that's what, that was what uh, they talked about at Montegrappa. It's a lot. So, yeah. It was, it was, a, it was a gasp-worthy number. I remember we were both... Uh, <gasps> yeah, it was kind of shocking. Yeah. But, you know... You got to take risks if you're going to get something kind of cool right. like that. Risky for the biscuit. All right. Next question. This is from Rick. Dear Brian and Drew, what are the steps in the production process for dual tone nibs compared to solid gold nibs? How are the masks made? Is the mask applied to every nib by hand? What's the success rate like? Does color bleed around the edges of the mask? leading to a significant percentage of the finished nibs being rejected. And because it's not enough questions already, how much more expensive is a dual tone nib with a simple nib design compared to the same nib in solid gold? This is a lot of questions. That is a lot. And we're, we're not gonna, gonna be able to answer all of these. Oh, we're gonna answer them all. Let's do it. We're gonna, so I actually have no idea, but I got oh. very interested in this. So I reached out to Brian Gray over at oh, Edison Pens okay. and Jeremiah over at Monty Winfield. Okay. Um, both more knowledgeable than I about so you're not even going like, to ask me if I know the answer? You know, you're just going to assume that you got to go somewhere else and get the answer? Is that, is that how it's working? Anyway. Okay. I see how it is. Um, awkward. Uh, they both agreed that it is most likely, neither of them knew, and they're like, yeah, this, is what I, this is what I'm supposing. They knew more, more about nib manufacturing. Brian is, you know, is, you know, spoken with the owners over at Yobo sure, a number sure. of times. They suspect that it's a lacquer that is put onto the areas you don't want to have plated, and then the lacquer is then removed mm -hmm. by a solvent later once things are done. Most nibs have engravings, and that separate where the uh, two-tone begins and ends, which creates a natural barrier for the lacquer to kind of pool and end. Hmm. So once it dries there, using those lines as a barrier and endpoint, they can apply the solvent, get it off they said sometimes you know with really much larger manufacturers stickers mm -hmm. might be applied decals mm -hmm. that could then be removed but uh and then they you know we've all seen where sometimes plating bleeds you get a little mm -hmm. bit of silver where mm -hmm. the gold should be so yeah. everybody probably does it different whether it's bach or yovo or montblanc whoever some folks that make their own nibs yeah they might all do it differently for all we know but yeah. that was that seemed to be the consensus most likely scenario yeah. some sort of a lacquer i don't know whether it's lacquer i don't know whether it's an electroplating or what the exact like chemical process is 
I'm just talking for the mask, by the way, for the, the masking process yeah. is done by light. When you have a two-tone, yeah, you're going to have, I mean, you can have two-tone on a steel or a gold nib. If you mm-hmm. have steel, you can have gold plating. Think about like uh, mm-hmm. Jinhao has mm-hmm. some that are two-tone uh, the, like I that. think Caveco does it too. Yeah. Um, you can have, you know, a solid gold, which is always yellow gold. Mm-hmm. If you ever have a solid gold nib and it's silver colored, yellow. it's most likely plated in rhodium. Or if you get jewelry and it's white gold, there's no such thing as white gold. It's gold that's plated with Probably rhodium. rhodium yeah. um, so anyway, that's what's happening there. So I don't know specifically based on which company or whatever what their process is. But you basically described it right. They have to mask it. And, and I don't know whether they have like a template to go off of mm. to stick it on there or whatever. But I believe, and I've been told, like even Yovo, like steel nibs, when they do that, they do it by hand. And it's extremely laborious. Probably explains why they're not doing it anymore. That is part of it. Yes, because it's very labor intensive and apparently it's very difficult to do and do right and you can screw up a lot of them and you do, you can do everything else right on the nib, tune it, you know, manufacture everything and then you screw that up and it's like everything else is wasted because it's like the last step in the process. So yeah. that would probably be pretty disheartening. Um, but anyway, so I think we've seen fewer and fewer two-tone nibs across all brands, yeah. especially with COVID and stuff because I know there are especially in the EU, there's certain regulations around certain like electroplating and chemical processes. There's hmm. more environmental regulations. That's some of why huh. some of why ebonite's a little harder to come by, some of why you're not seeing celluloid, like real celluloid, mm, because yeah. there are so many more environmental restrictions and safety restrictions. So it's just not feasible to make some of these things. So I think that that fits into it. Um, so yeah, I do believe that it's a pretty, pretty hand done process, whatever, whatever it is that's actually it used. It certainly is pretty. I have no idea the number of nibs that are being rejected. Um, yeah, we're not going to have that information. I don't Honestly, know. they're probably not going to give that out either. Yeah. You know who's ma- got a good two-tone looking nib, though? Diplomat. They do. That is a good looking two-tone nib. Sailor, too. Sailor's uh, done it right. The Lamy gold nib often flies under the radar. Yeah. That, is that one's a just a little bit nib. of gold. Just a little yeah. bit of gold, but yeah. Just a hint. That one's crisp looking, too. Um, yeah, so anyway, it's... it's uh, it's really interesting because the last question asking about like how expensive is it compared with, you know, another nib, they, they usually don't offer, like no company offers like a plain one and a two-tone. It's yeah. usually if there's a pen, they choose which nib is on it. I mean, surely it's labor intensive. It definitely has a higher yeah. cost associated you have to, to it. do more. But it's one of those things that like people don't necessarily associate that as being a higher cost. Right. Like if you have a stainless steel nib and you say you want to make a black coated nib, it's a whole extra step to make it black, but people don't want to necessarily pay more for a black nib versus yeah. a steel nib. They just feel like, well, I just want it in black. And, you know, so it's it's the kind of thing that, like, most companies, they tend to just kind of eat the cost on these extra steps because they think, you know, it's going to be more desirable and make them stand out, some more pens. Um, so, yeah, it's more expensive to produce, but it's not always higher cost. Sometimes yeah. it is, but not so there you Always. go. That's our best guess. Yeah. Nothing nothing brilliant there, but uh, I, I felt like I learned some stuff there. Well, there's nothing brilliant anywhere in this pencast, so oh, let's no. be real. I hope you didn't come here for that. That's uh, not the standard. Okay. Um, Brett621 on Instagram asks, what would you recommend on a budget? Multiple cheap pens or one or two nice pens? Mm. So quality versus quantity sort of scenario. Mm. So uh, since this is a hypothetical, Brian's going to take... Nine hours. I'll see you later. I need to ask some clarifying questions first so that I can... No, I'm just kidding. This one's pretty straightforward for me. I think uh, I'll speak from personal experience. All right. When I was more in my kind of newbie stages, 
I didn't yet know what I liked and what I didn't. I read about a lot of other people that swore by this pen, that pen, the other, nib size, all this, but I didn't really know. I didn't have any experience. I didn't know anybody personally who was into fountain pens when I first got into it. Uh, and so it was very experimental. So I had, I went the multiple cheap pens route. I did my research. I went with ones that were good value pens, the reliable workhorse, affordable ones, you know, the Lamy Safari Vistas, the, you know, Kuwaiko even, the, you know, had Twisby existed at the time, I certainly would have gotten that right away. Um, you know, those ones are the ones that I would encourage newer people to get into because you just don't know what you like. So I would do that. I would try to get the widest variety of nib sizes, filling mechanisms, you know, grip sizes, cap types, all that stuff, because that's my style. You know, some people are like, I want three pens and that's all I'm ever going to use. And if I buy a new one, it's going to have to replace one of these three and that's it. And for those people, I would say go the one or two nice pens route. And, you know, you might have to cycle through a few of them, sell off an old one. You might have to eat a little bit of the cost, replace it with a new one, parlay it into, you know, your new pen and um, go that route. But me, I'm, I'm an acquirer. I like to have the widest variety. So I like the multiple cheap pens route. That's what I'll stick with for Instagram. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that finding out what you like is super important mm -hmm. to be able to continue with the hobby. If you get a nice pen that maybe isn't the perfect pen for you, you're less likely to continue with the interest, be it fountain pens or anything else. Mm. But if you're able to try them out, like you said, I think you, you're more likely to find something that really speaks to you, that mm. you know brings you further down the rabbit hole. So yeah, good. There you go. Good call. Good call. Okay, fair enough. All right, <clears throat> next question. Hi, GPC team. It's from Renee. A few videos ago, Drew commented about the Sailor Ink Studio line, and how he didn't like the numbers and wished that they had names. Honestly, I would watch a whole video about Drew coming up with silly or serious names for the Ink Studio inks, but it might make a fun short-running segment for the PenCast to name a few. That does sound like a fun segment for this pencast, doesn't it, Drew? It does. And while I won't say this is a complete segment, what I did think about were my two favorite inks within the Ink Studio line, and okay. that is Ink Studio number 123 and 224. Both of them have that famous Ink Studio purpley, mm -hmm. gray, mm -hmm. funky, halo, green thing yep. going on. God, I love them. That kind of iridescent-y type so of thing. So good. But I have a hard time distinguishing them both. Um, hmm. One is lighter than the other. 123 is lighter, 224 is darker. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've decided that 123, from now on, will be referred to as Rain Fluff. Rain Fluff? Yes. Okay. And 224, Brian, Storm Fluff. Oh. Yes. I see. Rain Fluff and Storm similar, Fluff. Similar vibe. But Storm, to me, Storm is sounds a little darker. darker. Yes. Storm clouds are a little darker. Yes, but still fluffy. And it's got the whole cloud vibe, yes. that gray with the fluff, kind of like rainbow. Like rainbow might be starting to peek out of the cloud a little bit. Go ahead. Okay. Say yeah, good I'm job, tracking, Drew. Drew. It's perfect. Wonderful. I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it, Drew. Excellent. Okay. One so other thing. We got 98 other inks now, yeah. so Stay get on tuned. that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, one Not other bad. thing that Renee mentioned that uh, Rachel had told us earlier when we launched um, oh, yeah. uh, Ink Studio was that the numbers actually do have meaning. Yes. So the first digit, the one uh, or the two in this case, 224, 123, the one is mm -hmm. a darkness indicator, meaning mm -hmm. very, mm -hmm. very light. Yep. Two, slightly less light. Zero is actually the darkest. So it basically, basically goes on a 
like if you uh, look at the number key on the top of your keyboard, one to yeah, zero, yeah. zero being the highest. Zero is like the 10. Zero is like a black, yeah. yeah. So the first digit is darkness and the second digit is hue. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. all of... Uh, you second know, and third digit, I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, well, the third digit is a bit of a mystery. Yeah. Uh, we don't really know what that's We weren't told for. that any of this is actually the case. No, There's... but it's pretty obvious what one, the first yeah. and second digits are. But yeah. if you know what the third digit is, let us know because it's a bit of an industry mystery. Hmm. So. There you go. Anyway. Yeah. Thought that was cool. So there you go. Rain fluff, storm fluff, 123, 224. Hmm. Thunder fluff. That's a good name, too. <gasps> Thunder fluff. Which one's going to be... Thunder, which, which one's gonna be thunder? I don't know. Maybe that's a different. Because you can't really see Maybe that's thunder. A darker. Maybe you can't. <gasps> oh. <laughs> okay. No one actually can. Anyway. <clears throat> hey, look at that, Drew. We got through the Q and A's. There we go. Next up, I'm seeing that we have a hypothetical. Yes, we do. I like not being able to see the time. I feel like I'm in like a, a store that doesn't want me to leave, you know, a casino or something. Um, <laughs> they do that, right? That's a thing. Anyway, all right. It used to be, but now everybody has cell phones. So oh, you can, man, technology. pretty easy to know what time it is if you Shucks. care. And there's, there's these things on the wrist every now and then, too. Uh, nobody all cares right. about those. So you ready? <laughs> Am I ready? Yeah, you're ready. I don't know. All right, this one's going to be film-related, Brian. Oh, great. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm such a film... Hey, we I'm all have our such thoughts such a film and buff. I'm we so bougie with my film knowledge. <laughs> okay, so uh, would you rather erase a movie sequel from existence Ooh. or create a, a new sequel and the sequel that you create doesn't have to be a sequel happening now it could have been it could be a sequel that you apply to sometime in the past like okay. if you want the sequel to a you know like occur. The, so like this movie it already has to have a sequel to it um if you want to erase one yes but if you want to add one you could add one to one, okay, add one to anything one. yeah so i could like replace a sequel that already exists or add a sequel onto a movie you could either delete should. a sequel okay or create a sequel Oh, so just like add one onto the series if it already has, Correct. say, three videos or something Correct. like that. Oh, gosh. Hmm. I'll let you think. I'll, I'll go with mine first. You you, okay. you do some brain workings. Okay. Um, I love the Rocky anthology. Big fan. Love them all. Hmm. Except five. Five is a blight upon the magnificence that is the Rocky anthology. Wow. They all have their own special moments. Number one is actually a good film. Number four is basically an 80s popcorn flick. They've got it all, including the Creed films. However, Rocky Five is just just a sad, sad event that should just be erased from history. So, uh, yeah. As much as I'd like to add, like, a Ghostbusters 3, you know, circa 1995 or something mm. like that, I I can't do it. I, Rocky Five has got to go. Rocky Five's got to go. Okay. Yeah. I've actually never seen a Rocky movie. I've seen like clips, you know, from like, you know, things. I, Drew's a huge Sly fan, so I know this is hurting his soul. Mm-mm. So I have I have two answers for mine, one of which is not serious at all, but I just feel like getting Drew riled up. <laughs> if I <laughs> if I didn't go with what I actually felt, but just wanted to get Drew upset, I would say I'd replace Ghostbusters 2. But no, I actually don't. Ghostbusters 2 is not as good as the first one, but it's still fun. If you want more Ghostbusters, it's there for you. Okay, it was dark, and I was too young when I saw that movie. It was the first movie that I had that gave me nightmares. Yeah, but it was also really light, too, like Walking Statue of Liberty. None of that stuck with me. Only the dark stuff stuck with me. Silly and dark. I haven't seen it since I was probably 10. It definitely didn't work. Yeah. We'll go with that. I thought that I was going to like if I took a bath, I was going to get like kidnapped. That's yes. what I thought. Yes. So sufficiently freaked me out. As yes. Janusz Poha was a devious man. 
Yeah. Well, that's not my answer, actually. All right. What you got? Um, I'm not going to go. Don't the say route. another Fast and Furious movie. You know they're going to keep happening. Well, they're already happening, so I don't yes, have to. There's going to be that. 25 of those. Have you seen the trailer for nine? No. Oh, it's good. <laughs> oh, it's so good. John Cena is going to be in it. Come on now. Of course now. he is. Yes. Why not? It's his little brother. It's going to be good. Who's the little brother? Dom. Toretto's little brother. Vin Diesel's little brother is, is John, John Cena? Cena. That's right. Stop. Vin Diesel's surprisingly old. <laughs> I forget. Like. It's not his age that was that I was concerned with. It's like the 100%. How old are they in real life, actually? Oh now God. I'm curious. I'm, I'm really curious. No, answer the thing. What you got? I'm distracting myself. Yes. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I'm very excited about the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, no, I would, I would add on a movie to an existing one that already has a sequel. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Um, so I'm going to go with, I would, I would produce another airplane movie. Oh, I love it's perfect. It's my perfect. That's a good like, call. Kind of humor. That's that a good call. dad joke <clears throat> kind of humor. You know, now, surely you don't mean that. Of course I do. And stop never calling seen, me Surely, I've never seen like, airplane that kind too. of stuff. Oh, it's so good. Is it? Okay. So, so Absolutely would you, would good. you, you would make, would you make the third one modern or like in the, like two years after the second one? <sighs> Man. I don't know. Because now, like, a lot of the actors are dead. Of course, yeah. It's like, I mean, how many years have passed? Yeah. Many decades. Yeah. It's hard to say. I I, I don't know how it would be done. I I don't know the best way to go about it. But I just think that, like, there was a just a full-on leaning into that style of humor that has not been done so much. That's That's a pretty solid answer. Thank you. Yeah. I actually, I, wa- I actually wanted to watch it recently. I have like Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus. It's not on any of those. I got to sign up for some other th- service to be able to watch that. And I'm like, yeah. friggin' now it's getting to the point where I'm like, I'm going to have to have like seven different services yeah. just to watch the different things I want to watch. Yeah. I got my so, wife to watch uh, Naked know. Gun with me for the first time ever. That was like a close second. It still holds Leslie up, Leslie Nielsen man. in it both of those. It still holds up. And, you know, uh, seeing O.J. Simpson act is Dis- disconcerting however he's got one of the funniest scenes where he's in the boat and he's like burning his hand on the stove and then backs into wet paint and he's like ah and then he hits his head and i'm like it shouldn't be as funny as it is yeah but it's so well timed and it's the so comedy good. is just like so like quick and bam 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 you know who is the uh the villain in naked gun two and a half don't you it was robert goulet oh <gasps> That's right. Yes, he was. Oh, yeah. He was my, He's devious. my seventh cousin once removed, just in case right. you ever noticed. So, yeah. Naked Gun movies, they did three of them. They did Naked Gun, two and a half, and 33 and a You know, third. he was the bad guy I always picture when I think of the Naked Gun series, but then I watch yeah. the first one, I'm like, oh, that's a different guy. Yeah, no, he's in the second one. Oh. The second and a half one. Yeah, right. And then 33 was, and a third. It was similar style. Oh, yeah, of course, definitely. yeah. Leslie Nielsen brought that like yeah. style about him. But yeah. the airplane to me is just like... You know what mm. I've heard? They, I, I heard on heard this. I saw on, somewhere on the internets, they said if they ever remake a Naked Gun film, yeah. the only person that could pull it off would be John Hamm. Oh, he would be pretty good. I absolutely believe that because he's a straight guy like, like uh, Leslie Nielsen is. And I think he I'll could throw, deadpan the humor. I'll throw one other in there. Steve Carell, I think, could pull it off. Yeah, he did get smart though, and that was kind of like I, I guess he could. You're right. He yeah. pulled off the character for Get That's Smart. That's true. I agree. That's I agree true. with you. Get Smart like could have been better, but yeah. you know. Okay. Steve Carell. All right. Really John Hamm would be good in that too. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's our hypothetical. Pretty solid. Yeah. Well done. Pretty solid. You did a good job Thank on you, that John. one. Well, I appreciate that, Drew. All right, we're gonna try a new segment here. This is a game that we're going to play. A very loose game with <laughs> rules that have not been well thought out. Dr- but. <laughs> to be fair, I came up with the game idea, 
based on, I've never really played it that much, but I was like, this sounds like we could adapt this. And I've had to explain it to Drew like seven times, which makes me doubt whether I understand No, it, I'm just real stupid. But I don't know. So anyway, it's, it's a variation of Never Have I Ever. Which is, I guess, typically a drinking game, but neither of us drink. Yeah, it's so. like a drinking truth or dairy type of game. Yeah, so, so. we're going to adapt it and just make it our own whatever. We're going to make it worse. Yeah, but it'll be about pens, so that's better, yeah, that's I sure. guess, if you're watching this. Okay, so the rules are we're going to say a statement. We're going to kind of alternate or whatever. It doesn't really matter who says the statement. We're going to say a, say a statement about something related to fountain pens. Never have I ever done whatever the thing is with a pen. Um, and if we've ever done it, we have to eat the candy that we have here. Um, and if we haven't done it, then we do nothing. And we just, you know, put that on our bucket list, I guess, apparently. Great. Um, so normally it's like a, you're supposed to name like weird, like radical things that, yeah. you, that you have done and see if anybody else has done it and in like normally, a larger group. And normally like the thing is like some sort of like recompense, like your, your drinking yeah, it's is like, like it's like you something, get the something other you're like, drunk. yeah, it's like something you're like not supposed to have done before. Yeah. Like I would ask you something that I think I know you've done, but I haven't. So yeah. you can get drunk before I, I but we know. didn't, we didn't really go that route. Cause we don't really do a lot of like shameful things with our pens. So I just yeah. went the route of like, creative things are like things that like if you have a lot of pen experience maybe you've done these things and uh plus i just wanted more opportunities to eat weird candy with drew if so, you would like to you know you can break, play along break out the bourbon or something like that be our guest you can you know in the comfort of your own home however we're on the job <clears throat> we're serious when we're right. on the job yes uh so let's talk about the candies that we've selected for today oh, drew God. um well I, I credit you for both of these candies actually because you yeah they're both you my provided, fault yes so, um, go do, do yeah, your. I, I have do a well first. documented hate for dots candy around the office so much so that uh, a nuanced my, a nuanced hate a nuanced hate. Yes, I don't. It's inherently not like it's not despise like the, the flavor. It's right. not like the good and plenties where we were both no. about to barf. Like, they're 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 not good, but they're not like they're not going to make me puke or anything. But they are where they shouldn't be. I hate the fact that they're in theaters. They're not good enough to be in theaters. There are so many other better snacks that, to be in theaters than dots. I don't like that they're in I gas really stations. They're just everywhere. Why? They're not that great. They belong only in that weird candy section of Cracker Barrel where all the other nonsense that nobody buys is. That and is I, the place I think of that's for where they nonsense should be. candy. Right. They should be with nonsense like the candy. Cracker they should Barrel not gift be shop. as everywhere as they yeah. are. I'm like, they're not that good to be everywhere. It belongs Why in Cracker they? Barrel with the super crinkly plastic Yes, with like the they're, cardboard top so, to it. You anyway, know? obviously I get very passionate about things that annoy me and that makes people want to do that to get me all riled up again. So one day I Absolutely. walked into the office and literally my entire office is filled with dots. They're hanging from the ceiling. They're everywhere. There's <laughs> a, a wall of dots boxes Drew's, blocking my ingress to my office. And, Drew's terrorized by dots. Oh my God. God, serious PTSD. It was, all, it was like 50 I'm, boxes of dots. I'm not joking. It was it was a bit much. I need to stop reacting to things. That That's my fault. I'm bringing this upon myself because I get very fired One, up about things. 100%. That's the reason why we did it. It's victim blaming is what it is. <laughs> anyway, it continued this Christmas. Christmas dots. I can smell them from here. My God. Cherry, lime, and vanilla flavored gumdrops. I'm just not even. Is the vanilla like the white part? Like is the vanilla yeah, I in guess, everything? I guess. So I'm kind of excited to try these. I'm not happy about this. So we don't buy a lot of candy for our, our kids, but they get, like Halloween is like their time where they get to try every candy under the sun. Are they indeed? Um, both both my kids, especially my son, um, have declared Dots as their favorite candy in the world through no coercion of my own. Because I think they're okay. But it sounds like they have declared that just through the fact that you don't give them a, enough candy. I mean, they, they have know. They better to eat. They know that you don't like them because <laughs> like... 
word gets word has gotten around <laughs> about Drew's passion or dispassion for dots. Ugh. Anyway, so for years, Drew has also been into just weird candy, not good or bad, just interesting stuff that you don't normally see. Yeah, why not so try it? Over the years, Drew will here and there drop off weird stuff. And a few weeks ago, Rachel comes home after picking up the mail at the office. And she's like, these were sitting on your desk. They came from Drew. They are called edible satellite wafers. <laughs> they have to they have to qualify that they're edible because they don't seem edible. And in fact, on the back, it says Garrett's satellite wafers have been in America since the 1950s. This nostalgic candy has enjoyed a great reputation, particularly in the Northeast. My parents are from the Northeast. They've never heard of this. Anyway. This is your heritage, sir. Where people love these candies so much, they will do anything to get their hands on them. That seems like an overreach. I did so many things. These satellite wafers in, with their unique combination of candy beads in an edible shell, which, by the way, is like styrofoam shell, um, uh, have often been a topic of conversation since the consumers discover you can eat the whole thing. You have to discover that you can eat the whole thing. People that grew up with our satellite wafers just love them. I hope you will too, Garrett. Well, Garrett, they are non-GMO. I'll give you that. These, these are also peanut free. So, so these are like yay. styrofoam UFO type discs with little candy beads in them. It doesn't taste bad. It's just no. a very weird taste, textural experience. They taste like a very flat, compressed, stale cake cone like an ice cream cake cone. yes that's exactly the consistency yeah is a cake a little cone. sticky but not only sticky once you get in your teeth for a while which i gotta have a complete as- i gotta have a complete aside here my niece had her birthday party which we're all vaxxed and we got to like actually see her as opposed to last year where we got to watch her family eat cake on zoom which was weird did but- you not buy cake for yourself no, this was like right as COVID was going okay. down and we were like afraid to go take to the store and all that kind of stuff. You should take any excuse to buy cake for yourself. Well, I'm all for that, but we didn't get it <laughs> together and we watched them eat cake. Um, so this year was really nice. And my sister made cake, like cupcakes in an ice cream cone. So like the cone part was like the wrapper part of the cupcake. So it was like, and it had like frosting on top, but it was cake in the middle and it was an ice cream cone. I was like, especially for like kids, like six years old. I was like, that is genius. You don't have all these wrappers. Right. They still dropped them all over the place like ice cream cones. And then the dog was trying to eat it and they were yelling at the dog and the whole thing. <laughs> so you still got the full birthday kid experience. That's cool. But wasn't that cool? That is cool. Apparently that's a thing. They're called- You can't put them in muffin tins though. It's too shallow. For, how do you hold the cakes up and the cake cones up? I think the- she cooked it in a muffin tin, I think. I don't know the exact, I wasn't like there as she was doing up. it all, but she said basically you just use that instead of a wrapper and it cooks inside the thing. And this is a full size cake cone. Like, yeah, like the flat bottomed, you know, yeah, ice cream, that, ice that cream would, cone. That, that, those would fall over in the. No, apparently they didn't. Unless you just were very, very careful and balanced. I mean, it's like filled with batter, so it's got some weight to yeah. it, you know? But anyway. Oh, yeah. That's a thing. That. Huh. What did she call them? Called them cup cone. Cup, cup cones. Cup cone. That makes sense. Cup cones? Co- cone cakes? Cone cakes. Cone that's cakes. what it was. That cup cones sounds weird. Yeah. Madonna likes those. <clears throat> anyway, so we're going to be eating this weird candy. All right. And I want to try, and my kids really want to try this too. So I got to bring home the extra because I told them how weird it was. And, and they were like, oh, it was Drew. These okay. smell bad. These. Come on. Smell. Ew, no, smell these. Smell those. That's nasty. They don't smell that bad. Dude. They are kind of stuck to the box though. That They're smells like, sickening. You can see that in there. Come on. I'm you don't think those and, smell funky? I'm going to go ahead and grab a couple. Please. For myself? Oh, God. Help yourself, Drew. Look, there's like the Christmas lights are dots. 
in the, on the label. I'm going to open my satellite wafers like a bag of potato chips. I'm not eating chips. these until I have to. No. Oh, yeah. All right. They sound like maracas. <laughs> See, that's, go, that's fun. Yeah, I will have one of these. These are exciting. They're like different colors. They're, some of them are two-sided. This one's pink and orange. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So let's do the never shall I ever. Never. Never shall I ever. Never did I ever do that Never thing. shan't I ever. All right. I'll, I'll start. Brian. Okay. Um, <clears throat> okay. What's the first thing? Never have I ever mm-hmm. inked a pen with a new ink before cleaning out the old ink. Oh. You mean like... Not at all. No cleaning at all. No cleaning at all. No, nope. empty it and then put. Are you talking more like in. different color? Or different like color. Same color. Different color. I've totally done that. I've totally done that too. Absolutely. All right. All right. Now so I've done it with like an, it's like it was like a a black to a gray or a blue to a dark blue or something like that. But yeah. 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 If it's close enough, I've definitely done that when it didn't really matter in a pinch, you know that kind of thing. What are you doing? The dot? Oh god. I'll do the dot with you. I'll choose. I'll choose oh. A, I'll choose a oh, red. It was I'll choose like a red one though. It's like creamy lime. Did you bite the white butt off? First? Yeah. Let's do that. Why are they so sticky? They're really sticky. Oh, God. I'm going to be all crapping my teeth for the rest of the show. That's not bad. The no, but it's part, not good. I mean, it's fine. It's totally neutral. Why is it popular? Hmm? Probably because it's gluten-free. Okay. People are like, oh, well, you have a gluten allergy here. Like a lot of punish you with dots. It's gluten-free because it's like gelatin and sugar. That's all it is. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna hear us smacking our teeth this whole, no, no, I'm this sorry. whole segment. <laughs> okay, you want to do the next one, Drew? Oh, I'll do the next one. Yeah, we I I grouped them weird. All right, I'll do I'll do all the things listed under mine. How yeah, about yeah. Okay, never have I ever spilled a bottle of ink. Have you spilled a bottle of ink? Absolutely. It was a bottle in the garage mm. of um uh. Saguaro wine, Noodler's Saguaro oh, wine. That's such a terrible color to spill. Uh, I got pink so all over vibrant. me. Wow. Yep. Oh, I'm not eating too, but you get back in there. I um, I definitely spilled a bottle of ink. Which I, one? I haven't in a while. It was the first day that I ever used a fountain pen. Really? Yep. Oh, second man. second filling I ever had. I knocked the bottle of ink over. It was a Diamine 30 mil bottle, which is a plastic tall bottle. Oh, so nothing it's broke. Got you a just very, dumped it. It's got a very narrow neck. Yeah, I tried to fill it and I like didn't clear it out of the bottle and I totally just like tipped the whole bottle over and dumped it all mm. over my kitchen island. We didn't even carry that size, did we? No. This was before we were even selling mm. product. This was literally from the DC Pen Show in 2009. I brought home that stuff, filled up my it was technically my second filling. I used China Blue as my And you were like, filling. I should make a store where I sell this stuff. Well, you know what? It was part of my <laughs> early experience where I was like, wow, there's kind of a lot to learn with this fountain pen mm-hmm. stuff. And I was a total noob and I spilled my pens and I bought the wrong color of ink and had the whole experience. So No, I think that was a lot of the appeal of your earlier videos too, because you're like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Let's figure this out together. I mean, has that changed? I still feel like I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, we still about. learn something every day. I think people just expect me to I know think what we, I'm talking about I think about we've more. reestablished that with this video, you know, how little we know. So. I try, that's my goal is to reestablish that every yeah. video, how little I actually Success. know. We're awesome at that. Okay. All right. Oh, never I, didn't, I didn't need my candy yet. Oh, dude. I need my candy. Did eat you a wafer. Did you do another dot? You want me to do a wafer? Yeah, because... All yeah. right. This one's got blue on it. There so you go. I'm going to eat that one. Blue and orange. Okay. Yeah. Blue. I don't want to just go over the whole thing because I want to show you all like a cross section of what this thing is. Ew, ew, ew. Why is it making that noise? You know what it tastes like? It squeaked. It tastes like a communion wafer. It squeaked. That's what it tastes like. It has zero flavor whatsoever. But just that stale. But it's got texture. these. Look at these little beads. The beads are blue and white and orange. 
I wonder if they're blue and orange because it's blue and orange. Mm. You got to give them credit for that. <laughs> Man, they're like super crunchy. <laughs> I can hear that from over here. They kind of taste like those like non-pareils, like those little, they're like the round Oh, the sprinkles. sprinkles yes. Oh, I put. hate those things. Yeah. I hate those. My yeah. wife does not like the regular sprinkles, the more waxy ones, which I like. She buys the little stupid balls. Oh, yeah. And they, they, you get those in something, and you're like, all of a sudden you're cracking your teeth on those things. You're like, why are these there? The, the wafer <laughs> part is very odd. <laughs> it is it weird. Doesn't ta- it just doesn't taste no. like, it doesn't taste like food. No, you're like, I shouldn't be doing this. This is, a, this is I'm, I'm eating something i shouldn't the non-perel part is pretty decent though. non-perel okay and they're not like rock hard they're chewable they're just kind of noisy yeah they're too they're sorry too noisy anyway. um never have i ever mm. lost a pen part down the sink when cleaning pens lost it down the sink yeah i have <sighs> never done that i have definitely dropped things into the sink i have but it needs to be gone i i think i've lost one I think it was an, like an Ahab tube, you know, one of those really small clear tubes. Oh, the, the little breather tube things. Little yeah. Breather tube. I think I lost one once. Mm. So I would have to fit into that category. I'm going to go yeah. for another satellite wafer. I had a scare when I was cleaning a 2000. If you've ever cleaned a 2000, you know, mm-hmm. the, the ears that clip onto the cap is a little ring, like this little uh, C-shaped ring. That fell in the sink one time with me, and I was terrified that it was gone for good. Um, we're not zooming in on that. We got we got blue and orange and white again. There we go. And a blue and pink one. Oh, okay. So I wonder if it's all the same. No, darn. No more points for coordination. Oh my gosh, I'm spilling them all over me. <laughs> oh, spilled them again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't right. think I don't think you're supposed to take no, it apart like this. No, you're it's supposed, supposed to be Yeah, shot. yeah, yeah. Toss it back. All right, I'll do that for next one. Okay. Ah. Drew, never have I ever lost a pen for a real long time. Then found it. I've totally done that. <laughs> I believe I've lost a pen for oh, so dry. two to three years and then found it again. Two to three years? Yeah. Mm. Easily. Several pens. I, I I tell Rachel I don't lose things. I just temporarily misplace <laughs> them. Because I almost always find them again. But uh, I almost always have something in a state of I don't know where it is. Mm. But I usually find it. Um, this has not happened to me. I'm doing another satellite wafer. Early in my history with the company, I bought two pens for my wife, two uh, Lamy Safaris, a pink one mm-hmm. and an aquamarine one. It's like disintegrating on my tongue. That's how you know it's working. It's a whole different experience when you stick the whole wafer in. <laughs> They're so versatile. And just let it... It's like... It's still weird. Yeah, But anyway, she lost both of those, so... I, I, I by um, marriage, have lost two pens um, and then found them years later under her seat. And then I, I won't say I took them away from her, but we mutually mm. agreed that she did not need to be the custodian of the pens any okay. longer. All right. And I recently put them on eBay, so. Hey, so now they're gone. Now they're gone, yep. Wow. Yes. End of an era. Yep, bye-bye. There you go. Um, all right, never have I ever. Did you eat your candy? No, I didn't do that one. Oh, because you haven't. Oh, yeah, that was Shannon. Oh, not by my proxy, fault. you've lost. Okay. That's right. She, she, I'll Fair bring enough. a dot home for her. Both Rachel and I have lost pens and then found them. <laughs> All right. Never have I ever bought a pen that you used once, didn't like, but you still have it. Oh, my gosh. Hundreds. <laughs> I 
not hundreds. Hundreds of pens. Not hundreds. I probably have hundreds of pens. You have hundreds of pens, but you don't but have I, hundreds of pens that you don't like. I mean, depends what you mean, mean by didn't I like. I mean, like, but you, you bought like, a pen. I don't like something about them. You bought a pen because you wanted it. Okay. And then, like, oh, you know, I don't like this. And then you kept I've, it around. I have, a lot, I have a lot of ones that I bought that are, like, part of a collection. Like, I have, like, I get the colors, but I don't like using the pen. Sure. Per se. Okay. So, you go with that. I've got a lot of those. So, this but was, for sure, yes. I, all right. I've up. definitely done that. I, I, I'm going to not eat again because I recently purged a bunch of pens that I bought and didn't like anymore. Um, I put them on eBay, tried to... Um, oh, I don't like the green. No, that was the first one I had. It's disgusting. Yes. I don't like mint. It's lime. Chewy candy. It's, it's lime. It's lime? I think it is. Yeah. I think you're right. Cherry, lime, lime, and vanilla. Gross, oh. gross, gross, gross. Well, I gross. thought it was mint, so clearly I don't... It's disgusting. Either way, palette. it doesn't work. But yeah, so I recently was like, you know what? I'm not using these anymore. I'm not into them anymore. Let me, you know, give them to another home. So it's actually growing on me now that I know that's lime. Ew. I think less of you now. It's all in my teeth, though. <laughs> yes. I have to, like, discreetly pick oh my gosh. it up. Um, it's got staying power. So, yeah. No longer do I have the, the pens. I have moved on. I was uh, I, I, s- I saved up because I want to get um, one of my pens irushied. So I'm gonna put mm. all the all the proceeds of my selling, you know, some pens that I no longer love into, you know, a, some custom Arushi work for the first time. So I'm Fun. excited about that. Yeah. Fine. You know, I'm uh, <clears throat> I haven't like made this widely public yet, but I just went to the allergist this week and the dermatologist. I'm uh, allergic to Urushi. Yes. Urushi all. It's very common to be allergic to it, but I'm yep. quite sensitive to it. Yeah. So um, you can only you, know. you can only deal with stuff that has been cured for a very very long time yeah i mean basically in pen form you should be fine you know and and in talking to independent craftspeople that work with yurushi it's almost never a problem for anybody with a finished product but you have had problems with finished products before. i have on three different occasions mm-hmm. um so yurushi all for those who want to know mm-hmm. uh, we're getting away from the game here a little bit but this is very heavy on my mind because i just researched it a lot and went to the doctor um so basically yurushi all is the active uh toxin in poison ivy and poison oak um, it's also in the Yurushi trees. That is, the Yurushi lacquer is straight up Yurushi all. Um, so when it's in its cured form, it's fine. But when you're working with it or when you touch it in the raw plant, it's highly toxic. Um, break out. And I basically, it's contact dermatitis, so I break out in terrible rashes and it takes weeks to go away. And it, I won't get too graphic with it, but it gets pretty gross and very painful and itchy. Um, I, the thing that really stinks about it is I've actually had this happen to me at pen shows when I touch pens that have been made by, you know, a craftsperson and something like that. And, you know, not to throw anybody under the bus because I really don't think it's something that most people have a problem with. I know that it's mainly a me thing. And in talking to my allergist, he was like, you are one of the most sensitive people I think I've met in my career. And I was like, really? well, aren't I special? So anyway, most people don't even come into contact <clears throat> with that. Right. Well, how would you even know? Like, how would right. you know that that's even your thing? But yet you well, literally work in an industry where it's not uncommon. I, I was able to figure it out at the pen shows because I would handle a pen, which it's like always a special thing when you touch like yeah. a pen or whatever. And oftentimes I will say it's been a pen where somebody's like, hey, I just finished this one. You know, it's not for sale or whatever, but I wanted to show you this technique I'm working on kind of thing, talking about yeah. the bar or whatever. I touch the pen and literally I have like finger marks on my arms and face and stuff where I obviously touch the pen, then touch my hand. And I was like, all right, I traveled here. I touched this pen two hours ago and now I have finger marks. I have not left the building. It's clearly the pen. Yeah. So, you know, it's a weird thing that I have, but 
It may happen to other people out there. I don't know. So just, you know, a little word of whatever for those of you who know that you're really sensitive to poison ivy and stuff like that. You know, be conscious of, uh, you know, Yurushi pens because what happens is they, they end up getting coated multiple layers of lacquer. It takes like a week to cure each one. If any of the layers are not fully cured, it'll eventually cure, but they cure from the outside in. So basically, if you have like any base layer that is not fully, fully cured, it might be like four months later, and then that Yurushi oil will leach its way to the surface as it is curing. So... That's what makes it so difficult to figure out if you're, you know, independent craftsman. But I've, I've touched plenty of like Pelican and Pilot and Sailor and Platinum Yurushi stuff and never had a problem. So it's weird. But I've also had it when I've worked with exotic woods. So back in my woodworking days before uh. fountain pens, I worked with some exotic rose woods and some other things because they have Yurushi all in the wood, in the sawdust. And it would get on my arms and I'd break out in rashes. Uh. And uh, also, of course, like poison ivy and various plants that I have, which I did get a cool app that shows me like types of plants that I have around my property. I have like nine toxic plants all over my property. So that's cool. Lucky you. Yeah. I'd rather be blissfully ignorant, but oh, well, what are you going to do? Stay so inside. that's kind of weird and gross, but anyway, that's a thing. What were we even talking about? How did I get onto that? <laughs> um, it is your turn. Uh, okay. Bullet three. Never have I ever lost a pen forever. Well, I don't consider lost forever because I'm not <laughs> dead yet. We just talked about this, yeah. I'm not dead yet. I have <laughs> pens that I've... No, I, 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 I have lost a pen that I've now finally admitted. Like, I don't think yeah. I'm going to be able to find it again. Mm. Um, it was a Lamy 2000 with an extra fine nib. It was like my journaling pen. It was like my go-to. It's the only pen that I've ever lost and then replaced the mm. exact pen because I was like, dang it, this pen I actually like want and use and all that kind of stuff. I have no idea what happened to it. But because it was like my journaling pen, I would like bring it up when I visit my in-laws. Mm -hmm. I'd bring it to the office a lot, you know. So I just, somewhere in transit, it got lost and I couldn't find it again, so. All right, well, you deserve a wafer then, sir. Thank you. I think they're all blue and white and orange dots. Well, enjoy. Never have I ever yep. bought a vintage pen at a pen show. I have not done that. I feel like I should. Really? Nope. You've been to many pen shows. I have. You I have bought a vintage pen show? I, have, I don't own a single... Like, I have... This Namiki's from the 90s, but, like, as far as, like, a true... What do you consider, like, a vintage pen? The oldest pen I have, I, I was given, um, it was a, an old Pelican from, I think, the 50s. But I've never bought a, um, a vintage pen from a pen show. That's actually a good question, is what is considered a vintage pen? Yeah, that's true. Either way, I haven't bought a vintage <laughs> pen at a pen show. I have. I yeah, you got several. like some Esther Brooks. I've got, I bought some Esther Brooks. I bought Parker 51, Parker 21, Schaefer Snorkel, mm -hmm. maybe Todd Swan, um, Waterman 52. Yeah. I, I bought several. You know, I'm going to have a dot because I feel a little ashamed of that. Um, wow, why are they both lime? You should. You should eat one. Dang. Yeah. See, I'll I, eat a lime in solidarity. I'm going to put it way back there. To minimize the amount of disgustingness that makes now, it see, if you bite with the front teeth, mm. there's not as much to get caught in the teeth because you don't have, like, the molars with all the, like... Because mine's getting all stuck, like, on the surface of the tooth. <laughs> so I got to, like, nibble it like this. That's really gross. I'm sorry. I'm really okay. sorry to all of our audio podcast listeners. Mm -hmm. This is a super gross episode. Okay. Drew, I think you're uh, next. I'm just going to... No, no, you just went. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Never have I ever... Dropped a pen on the ground, nib first. And this pen it. has some serious nib creep. It's like, look at that. This is like all over the front. That, of that is thing. pretty creepy. Man. Drew, I have to admit, I've never 
Drop the pen. Really? Nib first. I have, and it is a very upsetting story. Come on, lime. Where are the fruit? Did you take all the red ones? Oh, lime. God. No, I got a good number of lime ones here too. I'm very upset. I have. Can happened I tell the, the story? Old, yeah, happened in the I old office. I watched it happen. It was tragic. You were in the back? I saw you. You were coming oh, through the door. You saw the walk of shame. I saw it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a pelican with a Richard Bender ground added flex customization to it. It's super fine. It was a beautiful, really thin taper, extra, extra fine. It was a vintage nib, so it was nice and bouncy. Mm-hmm. And I had it in my hand, and I had something else in my hand, and I turned the handle to the warehouse with my right hand, and as I was turning, it slipped out from, like, my pinky or whoever was holding it. And, of course, I had just stepped into the warehouse, which was the transition between carpet and concrete, and right on the concrete. Yeah. Not only did it bend, but one of the tines snapped, snapped. right off. Completely. Yeah. Unrepairable. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe technically repairable, but you'd have to weld it back on and everything. It was. It wouldn't be the same. Yeah. Yeah. I was behind Drew when it happened, and I saw him go through the door and drop it, and I was like, oh, no. It was not a good day. <laughs> it was my favorite. It was my favorite nip at the time. I don't think you had it long either. I think you had no. it like a couple days or something, if I remember correctly. It was long enough for me to really, really like it. Mm. Yeah. That is rough, my friend. Yeah, it was tough. Um, any other time I've... And I've dropped pens before. I've, they've always been fixable, though. Just like a quick little, you know, yeah. one one time being a little low or high. You know, nothing nothing tragic like that. Now, Drew, we do have a sub-bullet under here that was dropped a fountain pen and broken it. So not the nib, but have we ever, like, dropped the pen? Oh. So I guess we could have that as a little bonus mm -hmm. questionnaire. I have done that. Mm. I had, and it was terrible because it was like... Like it snapped at the grip section or something? Yeah. Mm. I had a pen that I dropped. It was the Conklin... Duraflex, mm -hmm. the first one that we had with the rose gold trim. Yeah, I had like the prototype pen, mm -hmm. like the artist proof. So like number zero zero zero, that was the sample that we got because it was an exclusive. It was literally irreplaceable, mm. and it was, it was. I had my pen case. I was bringing my pen case here. It happened right here in my office. I was gonna go bring my pen case to the pen cleaning station, clean it out. Well, that pen, I didn't have it in the pen loop it was just like laying in the pen case i did some crazy fumble thing and i dropped the whole pen case and because that pen was like f loosey goosey inside the pen case just the way that it hit it wasn't stable inside yeah. the case and the whole weight of the case just did something weird and it yeah. snapped the grip right off the body of the yeah pen. I've, I've seen that with the durographs um you know if you drop them shame. they they do tend to break right at that well, it wasn't right just like point. the pen it was the weight of like the whole case yeah and it just yeah, like it was, hit it weird yeah. or something i don't know so Dead i was like walking. dang it uh, i tried to glue i got, tried to glue it back and then it broke again I was here's like, my yeah. question to you when it was falling in slow motion did you try to stick your foot out to catch it that is normally my default. I know. That is and that I've Just saved. I've saved many pens that way. <laughs> by I really them? have by kicking them. I really have. <laughs> that is like I couldn't even. I couldn't try not to do that if mm -hmm. I if I even wanted to. It's a it's a, it's a coin flip, my friend. You you can go. You could. It is do a total worse damage flip. to it. Or yeah, I yeah. I have I've almost had that instinct burn me because I've like dropped like a kitchen knife before while I'm cooking and my immediate split instinct yep. was stick my foot out and I was like nope that's a terrible nope. idea and saved it but yeah that's that's my go-to instinct whenever I drop something is let me stick my foot out and try and break the fall mm -hmm. yeah I think we all do that that, that sounds like a, the kitchen knife thing sounds like a really good YouTube short where it just like cuts right after 
you do it. Just yeah. like roll credits. Those Absolutely. curb your enthusiasm credits, you know. Yes. Oh god. All right. Um, oh, so I should eat the. I should eat something. Yeah, you do. All right. Mm-hmm. Never have I ever hung out at the bar after a pen show. Well, after you intended to stay up that night. Hmm. What if you intended to stay up well after you intended? Does that count? I don't think you know the meaning of intent. I mean, I knew I should go to bed, but I was like very okay with staying up way past when I intend when I knew that I did should. You in, did you intend to stay up as late as you did? I intended to stay up late, and then I still stayed up past that. So I would say, okay, so then yes. I've done both. I yes, guess. yeah, I've so, yeah. I've definitely done that. Another, I'm not doing this again. Where's coming, the red one? Give me that. We're gonna. I'm gonna go out with a bang on the last one because we got one more question. I definitely. Yeah, I remember this. when we went to Georgia, we stayed up way late. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking of. Yeah, right? Atlanta. I've, I've done it at DC too. Oh, that was super late. Oh, this happens. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just put it in my mouth as I'm talking. All <laughs> right, last question. Never have I ever been handed a ballpoint pen and discreetly pulled out a fountain pen to use instead. Not only have I done this, I did this. Two days ago. Really? I was at the doctor's office. And first off, I'm at the doctor's office. And I'm like, gross. I don't want to use all these, you know, it's a <laughs> big ballpoint pen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no. Yeah. And also, like, how many other people are touching this pen? Like, no, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they clean and all that kind of stuff. But sure. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. And, uh, yeah, so I totally just, like, had the pen. I was like, yeah, thanks. And I had my own pen and didn't make a big deal about it. I was discreet. Yeah. That's how you, you know, do it. But then... Uh, you, you, don't, you don't be like... <coughs> throw it. I wasn't going to be like, no, excuse me. Uh, don't you know who I am? I'm Brian Goulet of GouletPens.com. Hand me a big rollerball. <coughs> but I do have to explain myself to every doctor that I go to. Because they're like, so what do you do? I'm like, well, I do fountain pens. Fountain pens, really? Okay. And it's like a whole thing. Somebody gave me a Mont Blanc one time. Pretty much. Yeah. Yep. Um, I have not. Um, because... Really? No, I've done it with a retro rollerball a bunch of times, actually. Usually my, my weekend thing is just to pocket a, a retro and go about my business. I usually don't carry a fountain pen with me when I'm out and about in just my pocket hmm. because I just don't like dealing with the jostling. Every time I've tried to do that, it's been, hmm. you know, I'm I'm too active. I've got a seven-year-old. I'm rolling around on the ground. Like, that thing's going to... I'm going to have not, like, in, in, in a... What are you doing? I'm going to go with a bang. I'm going to have all three. Ew! Oh, stop it. Don't even... Oh. Oh, it's like... It's stop it. And styrofoam's like sticking to the dots. Oh, man. This is a chore. I got to like work at this. Oh, God. Anyway, yes. Mm. I usually just have a, uh, a retro. Tastes pretty good, though. I have two retros at home. I have my space one, my uh, um, Discovery shuttle one, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, my system one from... Uh, mm. uh, Who's the guy with the with the, 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 the pen block? I'm not going to help you out. Mike Dudek. Mike Dudek, yes. Dudek, yeah. So, yeah. That's it. So, that is Good our stuff. flex segment. The butchered, not correct, worst version of Never Have I Ever. So, you're welcome for that. Fun stuff. And we got candy left over for my kids. They're going to be thrilled. Yes, please take all of these. I'm really I am going to. I might eat some on the way home, actually. Oh, They're not God. too bad. I'm not as down on the dots as you are, Drew. All right. We're going to try and move through some. We have a little bit more here to right. talk about. So let's talk about what's happening, some of the things we've been up to personally. Drew? Yeah, um, let's see. This was last week. I, uh, My wife, Shannon, wanted uh, – she saw this thing on the Disney store. It was like a little charm bracelet with little princessy icons on it, like a little rose for Beauty and the Beast, yeah. a little mermaid shell. She's like, oh, I like this. I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy it for her. So, you know, mm. Super sneaky. And then uh, – so what, what a good husband. I tell you. 
I she mentioned you. she liked something and you're like, I'm going to make note of that. I did. Yeah, so I got I in the mean, mail. I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? Yeah. I'm going to do a treasure hunt for her. Um, and so, um, Archer, this already happened, right? You already yeah, it already happened. Okay. Archer and I did I like, a little treasure hunt for her. You're going to talk about it right now. Okay. Yeah, we did a joint treasure hunt for her. Archer sent her on an adventure where they fought mm. a monster of some kind. Um, and, uh, I had like clues. So very obscure written clues. And then I had an audio clue that I would play like a song or something from that thing. Wow. Um, yeah, it was very creative, very clever, but she was cranky through the whole thing pretty much because she thought my clues were too hard. And she didn't like the fact that she felt like I knew something that she didn't. It was clear that she was getting like irritated by that. Well, you have to. You have I to know, put that thing right? together. Like, so no, she, to be fair, she wasn't irritated, but she wanted. She gave up very quickly on pretty much all of them. Wow. I said that's too hard. I'm like, no, it's not. One of them was the, the clue was inventor mouse, right? Okay. And she's like, what? What is? What is that? And inventor then mouse? she went. And then I played the Rescue Rangers theme song because it was about gadget from Rescue Rangers. Oh. And she's like, okay, cool, Rescue Rangers. She goes up to where all of our Disney pins are. She's like, mm. it's here. I'm like, no, it's not. It's somewhere else. There's literally. I have a mug. I have a Rescue Rangers mug mm. with gadget and Monty and all the people. And she's oh. like, no, I give up. This is too hard. I'm like, there's literally one other place. Wow. There's wow. no. There's no multitude of Rescue Ranger things in the home. Mm. Like this is not. But she just wasn't having. It. She's like, no, that's too hard. Why'd you do this? She was very happy with the bracelet, but uh, I, d- I don't know if I <laughs> so should have made it. Well. I don't know if I should have made it easier, but definitely wasn't super patient. It sounds like a tough needle to thread there. I tell you, yeah, there was a couple. A couple, a couple were winners, but then a couple were just like she's like, what? "No, that doesn't make any sense at all." And I'm like, "Yes, it does. It's perfect." See, if that were me and Rachel, I would put that together, and she'd be like, "Why are you making me walk around the house? I don't want to do this." I don't think she would participate in, in a treasure hunt. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is not her jam. I've done it before for her before, but she definitely like I, she was feeling this one a little bit less. I think. Huh. I think it was a little bit more challenging. But once she maybe got the bracelet, she was super COVID excited. life a little bit. Maybe she's like kind of sick of like dealing with you and being maybe. around the house. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. But Interesting. Uh, okay. either way, yeah, that was that was pretty fun. Archer's adventure for her was also kind of frustrating because. He was like, he didn't tell her any of the rules. He just gave her a magic wand and like, all right, you're going to be my sorcerer. We need to go. We need to go. And she's like, what, what, go where? And so he's just running around doing his thing. And she's just like, you know, it was was pretty hilarious. That's great. Yeah. So what do you have going on? Well, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I've had lots of family things as well. I don't know what it is, but like all my nieces and nephews decided to be born in like the May June time frame. They'd so be like doing all that. their birthdays are happening right now, which is cool because this year I get to like actually see them. Um, so that's kind of cool. So celebrating lots of that, lots of last minute like, oh crap! I thought we bought a gift for that one. Oh, that was the other kid. Shoot, we don't have anything for this kid. Well, they like cash, don't they? Kids, can you make them a card? Um, and we did that. But they're like six, so they don't care. Yeah, no. Um, anyway, so that was fun. Uh, did some of that. I've been doing a lot of work outside, a lot of mulching. I got some piles of dirt delivered, so I've been spreading dirt around my yard. Yay. A lot of fun. I got a ton of dirt delivered, and then my dad was like, you know, if you let that dirt sit there, it's going to like turn into a giant hard rock of a pile. And I was like, was not aware of that. Thanks, Dad. Guess I'm going to spread as much dirt as quickly as possible. And he's uh. right. It's starting to turn into a hard pile. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and I have like a lot of dirt. So I'm spreading dirt right now. So how long how long before you try to convince Rachel that you need a bobcat? Oh, it's already come up. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, Rachel, I know they're expensive, but I could sell it after I'm done oh with it and God. for basically what I've paid for it. Oh, I am not surprised at all. How like, fun would that be? I mean, Maybe not a bobcat, but like one of those skid steers, like a Vermeer, like a little skid steer. You kind of stand on the back of it. That'd be fun. 
if I if I were to choose the people that I know and say most likely to buy a bobcat, Brian Goulet would be right up there at the top. That would be pretty fun. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I would enjoy that. All right, um, we'll do a couple of quick company updates. Company. So uh, we mentioned this at the very very beginning of this video slash audio podcast. If you remember back that long ago. You may have done multiple dishes and mowed lawns by this point. Um, but anyway, so we have been, um, the CDC put out some new guidance around mask wearing for fully vaccinated people. So we have been working that out as to what that looks like as we transition to we have no some masks right new now. form of life. Yeah, so uh, working through that. Obviously, this is like a lot of the unseen things of what goes on in running a business is I'm having lots of meetings about all the various scenarios and <clears throat> what about company lunches? Can we use the fridge? Can we do this? What about, oh, so this so-and-so's significant other wants to come for lunch one day to see them. Well, we don't really know. What does that look like? What about contractors that come here and have to do work? And do we need, you know, can we keep their vaccination card on file? Is that a HIPAA regulation? Like, so Ugh. all these things. Yeah. So I'm having all these meetings. So. Very not exciting part of any of this, but yeah. it did mean that Drew and I could be in the same room together. Those are company updates. That is indeed. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of a thing. Um, what's on your desk, Drew? Um, you got some stuff you're playing yeah, with. Yeah, I had you? a couple things. First off, I bought this thing, which is yeah. super cool. I got this from uh, some dots uh, here. Rick, Rick Shaw's website. Yeah. It's the Cosmo um, laptop bag case it's got like a, a built-in like velcro oh you told me about this but i haven't sort, seen it it's this like is a, so you drew yeah it's got a velcro um laptop sleeve that it came with that you can remove and wow. take out That's this some thing velcro. is also removable if you don't want that little insert and wow. i chose these colors i got to pick this um like was it toffee it's a custom custom bag yeah wow. and then it's no it's not more expensive to do the custom thing either. Hmm. so i got a brown tweed with this cool teal thing going on i kind of want to take these out because they're gray and the teal doesn't get to show mm. but i picked a lighter color i picked a lighter color so that uh i could see what was in there a little mm -hmm. bit better mm -hmm. but it fits all my stuff it even fits the little my little dgi spark drone you can put that in there cool um everything yeah all the all the things in there so i'm really enjoying that um it jingles a lot I, it sounded kind of jingly. Yeah, I'm not as into that. Mm. So I don't like people know when I'm coming. I need to be able to sneak up on somebody with my bag. You're not, well, I don't know. You're usually bounding around the office. So well, I, feel like I take long strides. You do. Anyway. You have a bounce in your step. I do. I, you know. So a jingly bag with a bounce in your step does not make for very yeah. ninja Yeah, I need to get those little things you can buy for like dog tags um so that they are silent like the, when you're yeah. sneaking through the jungle like i will be doing with my bag uh yeah. also i have some pens on my desk i've been testing tibaldi pens mm. so that is a brand that uh, yaffa is distributing mm -hmm. um so they distribute Verde. yep it's an italian brand they have their own ebonite feeds uh solid nibs i think they either make their own um nibs they're made somewhere in italy with the pens but they're solid pens, so we've been looking at those, considering picking those up. Um, mm -hmm. They've been around the industry for a while, so they're not new. If you have any uh, like information, a over a century, they're yeah. been around forever. Yeah. So if you have one or know somebody who has one, you have an opinion on it, let us know. Um, mm -hmm. they, they they seem like solid pens. There's a couple weird ones, like there's one with like a tassel on there. I don't know about that one, but uh, the rest <laughs> of them are pretty solid. Little little mm -hmm. vintagey. Um, it's got but, a vintage uh, vibe, yeah. Yeah, not not many ebonite feeds out there on pens in this realm, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so. And now we know why that would be an advantage because of this episode. There we go. So they've been pretty cool. So I've been playing around with those lately. Um, been writing with a lot of that. So cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, what's on my desk? You know, uh, well, I actually have my desk right now. Basically, what's on my desk here is a bunch of junk because I've not been working very much in the office here. Mm -hmm. So it's like... 
I come in and I'm like rifling through the mail and I'm like, oh, I need to bring this on to Rachel. This can wait. And it just like piles up on my desk. So my desk is basically a disaster. Um, mine's kind of a tease because I have like samples and things of pens that I can't talk about yet. Hmm. But we have some some newer things that I'm kind of testing and, and playing with. So hmm. things that are encouraging and, you know, there's new things happening. So that's kind of cool. Um, I can't really say what or where or why or anything but you know can you say how we have new stuff no can you say who no <gasps> where i can say where oh so my house and this office there you have it so that's all i can give you all but right. you know testing new samples of things so sometimes like drew's teasing out to baldy a little bit here we've had that for like six months yeah <laughs> i haven't had the ability to really do they much finally brought it to the office so i could play with it yeah but anyway so i have some other things i played with that are probably going to happen a little sooner so cool yeah you'll hear more about them soon i'm sure all right. And that's mostly what I've been doing. Solid. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, that sounds like a good place to wrap it up. So thank you, everybody. Please leave us feedback on how you like the Pencast. If you're watching it on YouTube, then YouTube would be the place to leave that feedback. Or if you're doing it on the audio land, I think I've got the feed set up correctly in the podcast world, but I'm never 100% sure. Do we copy and paste mysterious. our like, notes from the YouTube description with links and stuff into that? Yes. Okay. Someone asked me if we did that. We do. Great. But it like <clears throat> populates out to different places like Stitcher and Apple Podcasts and all that. Apple Podcasts like, rejected the feed saying mm. that something was wrong. I think because I had a comma in the copyright section of the name and it had no copyright as a result of that. So anyway, I've been trying to diagnose this, and it's been an adventure. Okay. And then it takes like a week or two for like their feed to pick it back up or whatever. So I think it's working in all the places that I intended Perhaps it to. Perhaps you can let us know if I'm you're having any problems sure. so that yeah. uh, we can make Brian do more work. Indeed, yes. Um, but anyway, you can check out GouletPens.com, which is who I guess sort of sponsors this. We are sponsoring ourselves. We are sponsored by GouletPens.com. Um, yeah, so check out a little of what we talked about and other things, fountain pen, ink, paper, needs, etc., on our site. You can check out our YouTube, Instagram channels. Those are our most active ones. Um, you can also email us at pencast at gulepens.com. We check it every now and then, but basically don't really like prioritize that as much. But yeah, we will we'll look always at it. post something on Instagram uh, when we want questions. So yeah. stay tuned to that. But if you do have questions, you can email us there too if you're an audio podcast listener and have no other means. We wanted to have a way for you to reach us. So leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about any questions you have for us, feedback about the show. Uh, and these types of things. And then I do have a random fun fact Please. as we end here. So, um, you know, I'm a woodworker. been <laughs> working with a lot of trees, talking about trees, thinking about trees. Getting allergic reactions from trees. Indeed. So there is an estimated three trillion trees on Earth. Three trillion. So three trillion is a three followed by 12 zeros, which is more than the number of stars in the Milky Way and more than the number of cells in a human brain. The planet boasts roughly 420 trees for every living person. An earlier count had pegged the global tree count at a mere 400 billion, but that study relied on less sophisticated methods. And in case you're curious, there's an estimated 1 to 400 billion stars in the Milky Way. And that's just one galaxy. There's a lot of friggin' stars out there. That much I can say. Milky Way also contains caramel and nougat. Ooh, Milky Way dark as well. The nougat's like a marshmallow nougat mm. and dark chocolate. These are the important things. Indeed. We should have that next time instead of this weird stuff. <laughs> Anything but this. I kind of want more of it, though. I've got that aftertaste thing going on where it's like, 
the aftertaste is kind of weird, but if I eat another one, then it tastes better. <laughs> I think that's how they get you. Maybe that's why dots are so ubiquitous. <laughs> We're on to you, whoever makes them. Who makes dots? What's the company behind this? Tootsie. Tootsie? Is Tootsie like a company? I don't know. Is it, it says, part of a bigger parent toots- thing? Probably. Isn't everything. I feel like there's like two candy companies out there. Yeah. Tootsie. Yeah. Look at that. Tootsie Roll Industries, LLC. I didn't realize they were like their own standalone company. I didn't either. I would have assumed they were Mars or something like that. Usually right. it's Hershey, Hershey, Nestle. Like, I thought yeah. that was all there is. Yeah. Tootsie, standing alone, making dots <laughs> and Tootsie Pops, which we do support wholeheartedly. That we definitely support Tootsie Pops. <laughs> anyway, have a fantastic. All right. Have a fantastic week. Thanks so much for watching and right on.